Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome on in. Joe Giglio show here. Reacting after week 11 with an Eagles victory, 17-16 over the Indianapolis Colts. So much to get into here. Appreciate you listening to this. Uh, actually, on location doing this show. Uh, it's, it's a crazy different kind of week. Um, I, I'm going to be doing my BetQL daily show, which I do on the BetQL network for Odyssey uh, from at National Harbor down in, in, in Maryland. So I'm down here now. I'm sitting in my hotel room. I'm kind of replaying the game in my head in which the Eagles won 17-16 over the Colts. So much to get into uh, in this episode here because that was a, a gigantic win for the Eagles and really a character win for the Eagles to come back down 10. First time they won a game down 10 points entering the fourth quarter since the Deshaun Jackson punt return game, the Michael Vick for fourth quarter against the Giants back in 2010. Incredible victory for the Eagles today. I, I want to get into Jalen Hurts because that was an MVP caliber fourth quarter. If or when Jalen Hurts wins the 2022 NFL MVP award, we'll look back to this fourth quarter because he did exactly what I called for all week last week on WIP, which was find a way. It doesn't have to be pretty. Use your legs more. Find a way with everything breaking down around you. Incredible fourth quarter from Jalen Hurts. We'll get to Nick Sirianni, the good, the bad. You know, where the Eagles stack up right now in the NFC, the penalties were just driving me crazy right now. And a couple things from this game, including something about CBS and, and, and the broadcast that just drove me crazy. And, of course, the additions here uh, of Sue and Linval Joseph and how big of a role they play. But I want to start with a guy that, you know, you could say he deserves an apology. You could say he deserves to stop being criticized. And I'll just I'll say it like this. He deserves a ton of credit because his unit played its butt off today collectively, and that is Jonathan Gannon. The Jonathan Gannon slander in Philadelphia has been ridiculous for a year and a half now. I I just think we're at the point where we have to accept that there's no more Buddy Ryans and there's no more Jim Johnsons. Jonathan Gannon is a solid defensive coordinator, and his his philosophy works in the modern-day NFL. There's a reason why teams are trying to copy things that Jonathan Gannon does. There's a reason why Jonathan Gannon got head coaching interviews. And you could say, oh, you're an apologist just like Jonathan Gannon. I think the guy's smart. And I think the guy's defense responds and plays hard for him on an almost every week basis. And today, the defense is the reason the Eagles had a chance in the fourth quarter to win the game. The offense stunk for the first three quarters. Turnovers, penalties. I mean, they just couldn't get anything going. They were stuck in mud. Every time they had a chance, they put themselves behind the sticks. They're moving the ball. Jalen's throwing it accurately. Penalty, penalty, penalty. The young tight ends all seem to make a mistake. You know, almost on that one drive at once. A.J. Brown with the fumble. I mean, it was just bad. It was bad offense for three quarters. And the offensive line, which we just reflexively called the best in the NFL. I don't think they've played like that this season. I really don't. Too many penalties. Uh, I think mylotta has been only okay this year. Dickerson has had a ton of penalties. I, I just don't think this has been a great offensive line this year. It's good, and, and it's still an offensive line I think you feel good about moving forward, but it hasn't been a great offensive line this season. So, the, so early on, the offense was abysmal. And for them to be in the game the way they were is a credit to Jonathan Gannon, a credit to his adjustments today, a credit to the way they played. And they played team defense today. Everyone seemingly made a play or had a role. And look, 
I know what you were thinking. I was thinking the same thing. Left WIP, did the pregame show on Sunday morning, and, and I sat there and said, I, I think their defense is going to play better today. I think they'll bounce back. I thought they would hold the Colts under 100 yards rushing. I thought they would hold the Colts, uh, Colts under you know, 20 or less points. And I get in the car and I'm driving home. First drive of the game. Boom, 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 boom. Pittman catch. Taylor run, Taylor run, Taylor run. Touchdown Colts. And you're like, oh, no. I mean, is, are we going to do this again? From that moment on, from that first drive on, the Eagles defense allowed only nine points, only three field goals. It was an outstanding, not good, an outstanding defensive effort. Some numbers here, five of 15 on third down, 33%. Only allowed 4.6 yards per play. You know, when when this week is over, when we have the Monday night game in the books, because as I record this, Sunday night just ended with the Chiefs victory. So when when we get to the end of Monday night and the, uh, the 49ers and, and Cardinals play, I, I think there's a decent chance by the end of the week uh, and by the end of week 11 in the NFL, the Eagles will be number one in the NFL in yards per play allowed, which is an inc- which is a key metric in, in the NFL. Today, 4.6 yards per play allowed. They had three sacks, including some clutch ones late. They held the running game for the Colts, which everyone was so afraid about, under 100 yards. And again, only three points allowed after the opening drive. And I thought that they had a, a couple of drives where, you know, after big punts by the Eagles or drives that stalled by the Eagles or turnovers by the Eagles, they put their foot down and didn't let the game get out of control. How about the you know the start of the second half where you know Hurts drops back for a, a big pass down the field, obviously looking for Quez on that on that deep post route. Uh, and you know the, Miles doesn't block Ngakwe and he gets to Hurts and, and there's a fumble there and it's a big turnover. If that's a touchdown, this game is totally different. They don't let it happen. You know, you have the moment where they make the play and they get the fumble. You know, they knock the ball. I think it was you know it was Epps that that had the fumble forced on Taylor after that big run he had. And the Eagles get the ball back and they're going down the field and you feel like they might go win the game. And then there it is with the AJ Brown fumble. And again, the Eagles defense steps up and doesn't let the game get out of hand. That the reason why they had a chance late in this game is because of Jonathan Gannon's defense. And I, I don't really know what the guy's got to do to win people over. I mean, you look look at the last couple of years. Look at game by game. You know, yes, they've been beat up by some really good quarterbacks, but but over the, for the most part for you know, they're 9 and 1 now this season and and last year 9 and 8. I mean, they're 18 and 9 in 27 games with this guy as defensive coordinator and look at the these points allowed per game o- over that stretch. I mean, how many games have they gotten torched? Not many. I mean, they really haven't. They've had some tough had some tough games last year with much less talent, obviously. Um, but this year, I, I mean, go find their worst game. Week one in Detroit against a Lions offense that has shown really all year they're pretty good. You know, they put up 31 on the Giants today, a team that had been pretty sound on defense. The Lions offense, when they have all their parts, as they did in week one, that is a good offense. And then you know, they struggled a little bit last week against the commanders, but I put that game more on the offense. It's been a good Eagles defense this year. We have to just give Jonathan Gannon credit. Just step up, stand up, admit the guy can coach. Jonathan Gannon did a really good job today. Really good job. The Eagles would not have won this football game without Jonathan Gannon. They also wouldn't have won the game without the efforts of Sue and Linval Joseph. I I mean, look, I I like the signings. I thought Joseph could help and kind of be a Band-Aid at that nose tackle position until – Jordan Davis came back. Well, he showed me a lot today. I mean, the first play of the game, making the tackle. And he, and he made some plays there. And, and he's going to be a player for this team. And, and I I like him now as kind of that number two nose tackle when Jordan, when Jordan Davis comes back. But how about Sue? I mean, some of the pass rushes by Sue, the run stuffs. I mean, that guy, 
He just got here. I mean, both of them did. I mean, I guess Joseph beat him by a day, but they just got here. And it looks to me now like the Eagles have across the board a chance at having one of the most accomplished and dynamic defensive fronts I've ever seen. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I say that without any hyperbole. Like, I, I'm serious. Like, think about the accomplishments across their defensive line. Think about the players they have, what they've done, and they're not all cooked yet. You know, obviously, a lot of these guys are on the back end of their career with Sue and Joseph and and Brandon Graham. But, like, just think about these names. Sue is a future Hall of Famer. Linval Joseph's won a championship with the Giants, been to an NFC title game with the Vikings. Brandon Graham, you know, we know what he did today, finishing that game with with a big sack and kind of you know, making up for what happened last week with that penalty. He has had one of the biggest moments in Super Bowl history. You know, you go to a guy like Robert Quinn, over 100 career sacks, okay? Then you throw in a guy like Jordan Davis, a rookie who's probably going to be a star in the NFL. Fletcher Cox has been a $100 million player. You know, Hargrave is one of the best defense tackles in the league right now and has been for a few years. You go to Josh Sweat. You go to Hassan Reddick. I mean, I just I just reeled off nine players, nine players all with varying degrees of current stardom, future stardom, or crazy accomplishments. And, you know, one of these guys is heading to the Hall of Fame in Sioux. And you talk about Pro Bowl-level players, you know, you could probably make case the other eight have all either will be or have been Pro Bowl-level players. So a Hall of Famer and eight players that at various moments of their career either have been or will be Pro Bowl-level. I mean, that is a remarkable group that Howie Roseman has put together. And I'm so excited over the next you know, couple months to watch them go to work, watch Jonathan again and rotate those guys in. And if everyone gets healthy at the same time, which hopefully will happen at some point with, with Jordan Davis coming back. I mean, this has a chance to be the most accomplished and deep defensive line group, pass rusher group, whatever you want to say, in I've ever seen. You know, I, I've watched football a long time. I, I've never seen a group that has this many names and it's not like these guys, and it's not like they can't play either. I mean, Sue could still play, and Brandon Graham could still play, and and obviously, you know, Reddick and, and Sweat are, are big time players right now. There's a lot here on this football team to be excited about. Those two big additions were incredible. All right, now that we got the defense and gave credit to the defense, let's talk about Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts entering the fourth quarter really had to step up to give this team a chance. Their offense was stagnating. Every time something happened in the passing game, they threw a lot of good passes that were negated by penalty. So I, I think his overall statistics, which were what, 18 to 25 passing, 190 yards passing, one touchdown, no picks. He had the 16 rushes, impactful rushes today for 86 yards and the touchdown. You, you think about what Jalen Hurts accomplished today, and they went in that fourth quarter and barely had anything on the board, couldn't get anything going. They were really in a rut offensively. And I said it on Friday, Friday on the show on WIP. I wrote it last week. The offense concerned me more than the defense. The Dallas Goddard injury, I, I don't think it, – it's hard for us to grasp that we saw it, how much he's missed. He is an impactful part of this team, both in blocking and the receiving game. No one can make up for that. And then you throw in you know, short week, road game, pretty tough defense on the other side. Today was going to be a challenge, and it was. And what Jalen Hurts accomplished in the fourth quarter, I, I've said this a, f- a few times this season. I'll say it right now again because I think it worth it, it's, it bears worth repeating. Jalen Hurts is a winner. I mean, flat out, the guy's a winner. 
and he makes winning plays. And the guy he most reminds me of when I watch him is Steve McNair. And over the next three, four, five weeks, as they try to get their pieces back, they try to get Avante Maddox back on defense, Jordan Davis back on defense, Dallas got it hopefully back on offense. I still don't know if A.J. Brown is 100%. He looked a little slower to me today um, than he has been in in weeks past. So I'm, I'm still not sure his ankle is 100%. They're without you know what they need to have a tight end. As, as the team is not you know, at its best, this is when winners step up, and, and he reminds me so much of when I used to watch Steve McNair with the Tennessee Titans. Steve McNair used to win and it wasn't pretty. Steve McNair used to make plays to win the game. And when the game was on the line, Steve McNair did whatever the game called for to win the game. And sometimes that was his arm. Sometimes that was his legs. And today it was obviously more on Jalen Hurts' legs. And over the last four weeks before today, Jalen Hurts was averaging only 22 rushing yards per game. That's Really nothing. I mean, you look around the NFL today, you could probably find 10 quarterbacks that do that pretty much every week. I mean, that was the opposite of special. And I, I kind of felt like a dummy because, you know, about a month ago, I had said, you know, he's tracking to be the most impactful Russian quarterback ever. Now, of course, you watch Justin Fields over the last month, you're like, whoa, you know, he's kind of a, like a, a Lamar or, or, you know, young Colin Kaepernick kind of runner. And maybe he's going to be the greatest Russian quarterback, you know, we've seen since Lamar, Vic, or whatever. But, you know, at the time a month ago, Hurts, who now has 21 career rushing touchdowns, it was like, wow, this guy's really tracking for stardom in terms of impact with his legs as a quarterback. And for whatever reason, he stopped running. I, I don't know what it was or why it was, if it was game script, if they were up, if they were worried about his, you know, his health. And I think it is worth worrying about his health. I've mentioned this a lot this season. He can't run for 200-plus times in a season as a quarterback. He'll get too banged up. But in this stretch, where they are right now, he needs to. He, he needs to use his legs because I just don't think the drop-back passing game, where their O-line is, where their tight end is right now, with what they have in the receiving game right now, I, I just don't think it's going to be a week-to-week, perfectly efficient passing game. They're going to need to find a way to make some other kind of plays. And and their best route to that is Jalen Hurts' legs. And today he did it. 16 rushes for 86 yards. And that last drive, uh, the, the two final drives by Hurts in the offense, I mean, the throw he made to Quez Watkins for the touchdown was was such a growth moment and a moment where you see how much he's developed as a passer. I mean, that took some time to develop. That crossing route, it was kind of a double crossing route there with the shallow and the deeper cross. Jalen had to wait for that to come open. And and he had to sit back in the pocket and wait. And it was good blocking on that play by the offensive line, but he had to wait and wait and wait. And he made the throw, perfect throw across the field, in strike, Quez Watkins, boom, touchdown. Okay, so he had that play to kind of give the Eagles some life. And then that last drive, you know, he threw the ball to to Brown on second down to make it third and two. They were able to get the first down uh, after that. But, you know, that that was the only real big throw he made on that drive. And he had the big deep throw down the field to Miles Sanders, which was underthrown a little bit. Good job by Miles Sanders to kind of wait on it. And, and Hurst talks about it after the game that he, he kind of did it perfectly when, it, you know, it's an underthrown deep ball. You try to put your foot in the ground and then the defender will run into you. You're going to get the penalty there. So good job by Miles, who has not really been a great, player in the in the passing game to, to use a you know really be fundamental in that play but after that it was really Hertz's legs that saved the day I mean it was it was really impactful kind of runs getting away from pressure creating getting past the sticks and 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 a couple runs to finish you know finish the drive within the red zone within the you know the 15 or 10 yard line and then of course the touchdown run 
it, I just think it breaks the team's back. It breaks the spirit of a, of a defense when you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts who just always seems to make winning plays. And again, today wasn't perfect. You know, I, I thought on the play where he fumbled, he fumbled twice today. He goes actually fumbled four times, which drove me crazy. But one of them was a high snap by Kelsey. The fumble, I mean, early in the, in the second half, right after halftime, it looked like he loaded it up. And he's got to get rid of that ball faster, kind of feel that pressure when Ngakwe's getting around Miles Sanders. But I thought his throws today, I thought his accuracy today was really, really good. And I thought he was as good throwing today with accuracy as we've seen in a couple weeks now. And I was impressed by Jalen Hurts, um, his throwing today. But that those runs late in the game, I mean, they put it on him. They said, you got to find a way to, to, to put the ball in the end zone on this drive. And he did. And... You know, I, I don't care the numbers weren't totally overwhelming. I imagine tomorrow I'm going to check the box score here after you know after another big night by Mahomes uh, to beat the Chargers, putting 30 on the board. He threw the touchdown to Kelsey, three touchdowns. Um, yeah, I'm looking right now. Mahomes here tonight was 20 of 34, 329, three touchdowns, no picks. Uh, you know, 78.6 QBR, 120.8 pass rating. I imagine and deservingly so that. You know, Patrick Mahomes tomorrow will, will be the favorite, or after week 11, will be the favorite again for the NFL MVP. And he, and he deserves that. I mean, he he was impactful again. But Jalen Hurts today had a 70.1 QBR. He'll still be top five or six in QBR for the season and a 107.1 passer rating. I mean, Jalen Hurts is right there. Jalen Hurts right now is number two on my MVP ballot. I would go, and we still have to, you know, we have one more game on, on Monday night, but I don't look at it as an MVP candidate in that game between you know the, the Niners and and the um, the Cardinals. Right now, I have Mahomes one. I have Hurts two. I have two or three. That's my one, two, three. It stays that way. Uh, I know Josh Allen and the Bills won today, and Allen played certainly a better game, um, a cleaner game than he has in, in the past few weeks. I mean, he had he was 18 to 27, 197 passing, one touchdown, no picks, 63.1 QBR, uh, and 100 passer rating, and he ran for seven yards. But that wasn't really an impactful day by Josh Allen. He's fourth for me right now. And it's interesting, you know, I, I reflexively have said Lamar Jackson is is fifth for me, but Lamar had a really kind of poor game today. You know, uh, no touchdowns, a pick. They they really didn't do anything in that game. Uh, 13-3, they beat the, a lowly Panthers team. Lamar really had a down game. I, I have to really think about who I want to put fifth on my ballot right now. Mahomes, Hurts, Tua, Allen. You know, I, you know, Lamar might be fifth on my ballot right now. You know, I might have to kind of go through and, and do a deeper dive on on who I want to put fifth. I mean, Joe Burrow is really kind of playing good football again, but he did have two picks today. So I, I'll think through that. But definitely Mahomes one, Hurts two, Tua three, Allen four. And if... The, if Jalen Hurts wins the MVP, I'm going to circle back to this this fourth quarter because your team is down. They they need you to rally, and this is when MVPs are won. This is when MVPs are made. And and Jalen Hurts took the team and, and just it was almost like we're going to score here. And I heard him after the game, post game stuff, and no doubt, no doubt in his mind they were going to score. Big time game by Jalen Hurts today. Big time performance. That was his MVP moment today. All right, let's get to some of their stuff, and then um, we'll look ahead a little bit. To, uh, to next week at the Packers. So I want to talk about Nick Sirianni first, and then we'll get to the uh, kind of just the little nuggets I wrote down during the game. So happy for Nick Sirianni. He was obviously emotional. You could tell the the just 
the, the feeling he has for Frank Reich, who he obviously thinks was wrong. I mean, he kind of heard in his voice and, and what he implied after the game, emotional day for Nick Sirianni to go back to a place where his coaching career, coaching career really took off and he became a you know a head coaching candidate and a really good coordinator with the Colts to win there. He mentioned his, one of his, his children were born in Annapolis. So it was definitely an emotional day for Nick Sirianni. And he deserves credit for having a 9-1 football team and a team that is mentally tough enough to come back when they don't play their best football. But a couple things just about the game uh, itself and Sirianni. So that last drive, I mean, there are a couple things there I didn't really understand. So the the snap before the two-minute warning, I mean, the Eagles are in that weird spot where they're trying to score and scoring is, is paramount. That's what they have to do. They're down 16 to 10 at that point. It's, it, the touchdown is the number one by a, by a mile priority there. And then clock is after that. But the clock was kind of running down. They didn't have to run a play before the warning. It was weird because you knew the Colts at some point are going to start using their timeouts to save clock for themselves if the Eagles scored the touchdown. And they almost kind of gave them a play or gave them time in front of the two-minute warning by by running one of their plays before it, and it was kind of rushed to do it. I didn't understand that. I'm not sure if that was on Sirianni, if that's Hurts, if that's an awareness thing, but that didn't make any sense. So, so that was weird. But the stranger play was the Eagles going out there, you know, before, or excuse me, after that, and and trying to get them to jump off sides on the fourth down, on the fourth and two, and running the clock down, and obviously the the Colts weren't biting there, and then wasting one of their timeouts. So we're under the two-minute warning at this point. Eagles down 16-10. It's a fourth and two. They go out there, clearly with the express purpose of, we're going to try to get them to jump off sides. If they don't, we'll call a timeout. So the Eagles at this point have two timeouts left. It's a fourth and two. Now, there's about, I'm trying to remember how much time there was, maybe 140, 150 to go. The Eagles need to get the first down there. That's the game is probably over anyway if they don't get the first down. But with two timeouts, if they don't get the first down, there's at least a chance. You know, you know, run play, run play, timeout, timeout. The Colts could, they could try to throw to to get the first down to win the game. Let's say the Eagles, let's play it out. Let's say they don't get the first down. They have two timeouts. Colts get the ball back at the 14 yard line or wherever it was, 10 yard line. Okay. And the Eagles make two stops on two runs, two timeouts, like 140 to go, 135 to go. Well, the Colts have a, a decision to make. They could run a run, run a run play. Eagles stop them. The clock runs down. Maybe a punt has to happen in about 50, 40, you know, 45 or 50 seconds to go. Eagles, no timeouts, need a touchdown, get the ball back, you know, 40 seconds to go on their own 40. It's very, very unlikely they win, but they have a chance. And they have a chance at a couple throws down the field, a couple plays, pass interference, they have a chance. So that's kind of the you're preserving that second timeout for that situation. And by wasting that time out there, by by deciding, let's try to get them to jump off sides. And then they, if they don't, I have to waste the timeout. I'm down to one timeout. If the Eagles didn't convert that fourth and two, the game is is over. I mean, the game is over at that point. No matter what they do on defense, um, the Colts could basically just take the knees and, and finish the game after the one Eagles timeout. It was very odd clock management there, considering the stakes and considering how difficult it would have been, even with two timeouts, to make it happen. At least there's a chance. You have, you have a chance, maybe maybe a, a 5 to 10% chance of, of something special or, or out, of, out of the ordinary happening with the two timeouts. With one timeout, you're done. The game is over. So I thought it was some 
It's two weeks in a row with very strange in-game decision-making by Nick Sirianni. They got to get that cleaned up. What they really have to get cleaned up is seven more penalties. Seven last week, seven this week. It cannot happen anymore. I mean, it's just, it's driving me crazy. That's on the head coach. They've got to get the penalties cleaned up. Four fumbles. Obviously, they recovered a couple, but four fumbles, seven penalties. I mean, it's just, it's just way too much. Now, quickly on the standings, as we you know look forward to Monday Night Football with the Niners, so I still think we'll win the West. Um, and the Cardinals who stink. So right now, if you look at the NFC, the Eagles with their win and the Cowboys just blew the doors off of Minnesota. So we're looking at the Eagles with a full game in the standings and obviously the tiebreak over Minnesota. I'm feeling good right now about the Eagles in this NFC. And if they get to 14 wins, 13 or 14 wins, I think they are uh, in great shape to get the number one seed. Dallas won. Uh, I thought that was an impressive win by them today, but I'm not fretting the Cowboys. We saw the Eagles beat the Cowboys once. As long as they hold a little cushion before they go to um, Dallas on, on on Christmas Eve, I'm not worried about this division. The Eagles are the class of the NFC, class this division. Uh, they actually have the second-best point differential right now behind Dallas. Dallas plus 84, Eagles plus 80. But that win in hand over them is significant. And you look at it, I mean, the Eagles now will come home. Uh, and play the Packers next Sunday night. The Packers, who are coming off of a, a pretty ugly loss on Thursday to the Titans, and the Cowboys will play the Giants on Thanksgiving, a pair of seven and three teams there. That's a big game, NFC East, obviously a big game uh, for the NFC playoff picture, but uh, I, I like where the Eagles are at. It, it, it's a game they had to have. They got it, and it really puts them in a good position in the NFC. Now, the last thing before I give you a couple thoughts um, on the Packers game, I may if I'm the only one noticed this, pl- please shout me out here. Send me a message, Twitter, uh, my email address, jgiglio3 at, at gmail. Uh, I need to know if I was the only one noticed this because I, so full disclosure, road games, I do the I do the pregame show at WIP and then I drive home. I listen to Merrill Mike on the way home at Howard and then I get home and I start the game over. So I'm on, I'm like an hour delay by the time I actually sit down and I got everything in front of me. And I'll take notes, and uh, you know I know what happens the first quarter because I listen to it. But I'm on, you know, I want to see it, so I'm on about an hour delay catching up on DVR. And then usually by the third, right around halftime, I'm pretty close. You know, I, I zoom through halftime. By the end of the third quarter, I'm usually caught up. So after the Colts missed the field goal late in the third, like kind of the turning point of the game, that missed field goal by the Colts, they came back from commercial. I. I it, I, if I'm the only one who saw this, maybe I'm losing my mind. I, I, I even rewound and fast forward a couple of times. I'm like, did I fast forward through the kickoff? Did I miss it? From what I saw, I didn't see a kickoff by the Colts. I just didn't see it. The, the CBS didn't show me the kickoff. Missed field goal, commercial break, came back. Eagles had the ball on the 40-yard line. So, And it was, I believe, the dead 40. So either I missed a kick return, which I guess I could look up the statistics on the game to see if there was one that would coincide with something like that. I, and I, I don't believe there was, um, let me just look here. Box score, kick returns. The Eagles didn't have a kick return. Okay. So th- that's obviously impossible. So it was clearly from what I'm gathering here, the kick was kicked out of bounds. And so it's one thing like once in a while, a commercial will come in late or early and you'll miss a play. They'll miss something. This happens. It's it's, it happens right once in a while you miss something, but CBS didn't even acknowledge it. They didn't acknowledge it. They didn't say it. I was listening to Ian Eagle. I mean, he could have said the kick was out of bounds. Eagle started on the 40. Nothing. As if they didn't know that I didn't see it, that we didn't see it. 
uh, locally in Philadelphia. So I, I was blown away, just blown away by CBS not acknowledging that their audience missed why the why one team had the ball on the forty yard line to start a drive. Just totally bizarre, crazy stuff. Um, but just small details just on the broadcast that kind of drove me crazy. All right, Packers next Sunday night. Um, now I don't love the extra rest for Green Bay. They get they get the ten days because they played on Thursday night. Now they'll play on Sunday night. Eagles coming back home after a big win. A little extra rest compared to this past week, which was a short week off the Monday night. I feel good about the Eagles. They open a six and a half point favorites in this game. We'll see where this line moves. If it jumps to seven, if it stays under seven, it's always a little bit worrisome going up against Aaron Rodgers. But I just think the Packers are a porous defense that despite some talent there, uh, they're not what they were advertised to be. And I believe if the Eagles are buttoned up on offense and I, that, that means buttoned up like no penalties, not seven penalties and fumbles and all that, they will be able to get out of this offensive funk and score because I think they'll be able to scheme it up against a Packers defense that often gets confused in the back end. So I feel good about the Eagles offense in this game. And as far as the Packers running game, it's been good at times. You worry about it with Jones and Dylan, but I think Sue and Joseph are difference makers. They're, they're, they're real helpers. And I trust Jonathan Gannett to put together a good game plan. Now, Christian Watson has five touchdowns last two games. He could be a chore. I, I would hope we see slay on him, but I feel good. I, you know, Not a pretty win, but I feel good about where the Eagles are. I think they'll play a better offensive game this coming Sunday after Thanksgiving than they have in a couple weeks. Combined with their defense at home, I think the Eagles can get themselves here to 10-1, and one, and we really will start then talking about a number one seed and the path to a Super Bowl trip or the path to at least, at least, an NFC championship game. Thank you so much as always for listening to this, uh, at Joe Giglio show. Um, you can find the show any, obviously you're listening to it. So you know, just find it on any podcast platform, download it, all the clips from the show on WIP are here. And I love to do these after the games on Sunday. Um, so because I'm doing this show, these shows down at Beck UL over this week, I'm not going to be on WIP Tuesday or Wednesday this week. And then the holiday. So the next time we talk, will actually be after the Packers game. So for everyone uh, who listens to the show, thank you so much. I, I'm thankful for you guys and uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk next week after the Packers game, hopefully 10 and 1, and the, the, down the stretch of what should be a special end to the regular season. MVP quarter from Jalen Hurts and Jonathan Gannon. Give the guy credit. That guy could coach, and he did an outstanding job today adjusting after the first quarter. And how about Howie Roseman? Going and getting Joseph and going and getting Sue. Big-time players, most accomplished defensive line I can remember watching in all my years of watching pro football. Thank you for listening. Joe Giglio Show, as always, on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.